of our other relationships, of our stress. Lord, I just pray that those things would be lifted and that all of our attention, all of our heart's focus would be on you. And Lord, most of all, I pray tonight that a life or lives would be changed by what you have to say. Not by what we have to say or by what we have to sing, Lord. I pray that you would speak through us tonight, Lord. That you would speak through us and that it would penetrate hearts in this room tonight, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Good evening. Um, I noticed tonight as I walked in that there were a lot of faces that I didn't recognize, and that is really cool. And so if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brian. I work here. And um, hi. I do know some of you. I'm not that old. Okay. Uh, but I just, I just ask for these next few minutes that we just be still and we get into God's word together. We don't cause distractions, uh, among us. And I think we have something fun to talk about tonight. And so we've been doing spirit week. Okay. And I've already been addressed that I was not wacky when I came in. And so I apologize that I'm not wacky. That's okay. I've never been wacky in my whole life. I've been called a lot of things, but wacky's not one of them. So, all right. But what we're going to talk about tonight is power. Okay. We're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think power is something that we like to talk about because I think deep down, power is something that we really, really want. We want power. No one comes in and says, I want to be on the lowest part of the totem pole. No one says, I want to do the worst job you have available. We want to be the best. We want to be on top. And I think that's one of the reasons why I forgot to turn it on. I always forget to turn it on. Now it's on. Okay. I think that's one of the reasons why we like superheroes. Okay. Now, does everyone know who these people are? Okay. So I'm going to let you know. I have only seen the three Batman movies, okay? I haven't seen any other... I'm wa- don't boo me. Don't boo me. I'm, I'm waiting to watch them with my son straight. Okay, I'm going to watch them all at one time. But I think there's a reason why we love superhero things. I think we want to be superheroes. I think we want to have their power. I think we want to be like Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and all these peoples and have these supernatural gifts and gadgets and powers. They'd be able to go through buildings and to see and to hear and to be fast and to do all these things because I think deep down we really crave the idea of power. What we're going to talk about tonight is the power of the Holy Spirit. And what that means, and what it means that you have it. And so, I got a person that we're going to talk about tonight at the beginning, and his name is Peter. And 
Peter had something drastic happen into his life, and I want to read you two short accounts about Peter's life, and we're going to talk about what changed for Peter, okay? Here's the first account. You don't have to follow with me. You can just listen, but if you want to follow, it's in Luke chapter 22. It's verses 54 through 62, okay? It says this. Then they seized him, and they led him away. The him there is Jesus. They brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly, this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still turned, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter there is a scared, scared man. He doesn't understand what's going on with his Savior. He doesn't understand what's happening to Jesus. He's being arrested. They're talking about doing bad things to him. And people start lumping them together. You were with that Jesus guy who were trying to kill. And Peter's like, no, you got the wrong guy. So keep that picture of Peter in your mind. And then we're going to turn, turn to Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, we have a, another picture of Peter. He had just got done doing some preaching. He had just healed a man who was lame. And this is where the story picks up in Acts chapter 4. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. So Peter just got arrested this time. But many of those who had heard the word believed And the number of the men came to about 5,000. Now on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Anas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or or by what name did you do this? So Peter responds, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the 
stone that was rejected by you, the builder which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, is that the same person? Because that sounds radically different. And look at how they observed him. I love this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter, okay, so they just saw him bold. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. Now, I got a question for you, okay? Who here wants to be known as an uneducated, common man? Thank you for being honest, right? I hate when you ask that question like, I do, I want to be uneducated. Hey, who wants to be known as an uneducated common man? They looked at Peter and John and they said, you guys are stupid. You guys don't know anything compared to us. And here you are being bold. Here you are standing in front of us. You're on trial. You were arrested and you are speaking in Jesus' name. And look what they said about them. They were bold, uneducated men and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing that the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? For what a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among them, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them in and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. See, I wonder how many of these people had seen Peter earlier. How many of these people had heard the story that Peter had denied Jesus? And they thought, here we have this person, and we're going to tell him, don't speak in that name anymore. And we're going to scare him so that he won't do this again. And so what happens? But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. So what has changed? Well, there's a lot of events that have happened between Peter's denial and Peter's testimony when he was on trial. You see, Jesus had died and had rose again. And Jesus had not only rose again, but he had lived with those disciples for 40 days. And after he had lived with them 40 days, he ascended into heaven and he said, I'm going to send someone to you. And we talked about that last week. This Holy Spirit, it was better that Jesus go, that this Holy Spirit would come. And in Acts chapter 2, they are sitting in a room. They don't understand at all what is about to happen to them. And what changed for Peter was this little event called Pentecost. Pentecost was the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the believers in that room. And they began to preach. And they began to minister with a boldness and a courage that this world has never seen. And the world forever changed. And so my second question for you is this. What did the believers accomplish in the power of the Holy Spirit? 
So if this is what has changed for Peter, if this is what has changed for the disciples, what did they do that was so spectacular? Well, what Jesus said is that they're going to do greater works than these. He said way back in John chapter 14, you're going to go out in the power of my Holy Spirit, which is better than if I was with you. I know that's hard to believe. You guys talked about that last week. You're going to go out and do greater things than these. So did it happen? You bet it happened. Nope, it's not here. All right, so here's what happened. They went out and boldly and proclaimed the name of Jesus. They went out and told the gospel story, and they did it in ways that they weren't scared of anymore. And not only did they do it, they did it in ways that you would have to see sometimes to believe. So they went and spoke to a room like this. But in a room like this, they didn't all speak the same language. Now imagine being in a room and people begin to get up and they begin to speak. And I'm speaking in English, but imagine you're able to hear it in French. Imagine I'm speaking in English and you're able to hear it in Romanian. And you're able to hear it in Chinese, in Japanese. Because the power of the Holy Spirit was able to speak through the tongues of men so that the ears of those going out would hear it. Is that something that is powerful? You betcha. Greater works than these, these people would do. The lame started to get healed. The sick became well. The dead were raised. Evil spirits were cast out. You see, it just used to be Jesus who was doing these things in the countryside. And all of a sudden, these believers are going out and doing these things among the people. The gospel would go out to the Gentiles. Now, I know that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. But in Acts chapter 9, there's someone whose name is Saul. And Saul hates Christians. In fact, anyone who claimed the name of Christ, he wanted to kill or throw in prison. And so Saul went and was hunting these people down. And on his way to hunt people down, Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And he saved his soul. You think about the most vile, hated murderer becoming the most loved, well-known Christian. And then he took Saul, who hated people of his own race, who were Christians, and he turned him into the greatest missionary to non-Jews that this world has ever seen. That is the power of the Holy Spirit doing something that no one else could do. In the very next chapter, in Acts chapter 10, there is Peter who has to have visions from heaven to understand that the gospel is worthy to go out to Gentiles. Now you ask, what's the big deal about the gospel going out to Gentiles? Do you know what you are? You're a Gentile. And if you think that I just insulted you, Gentile just means non-Jew. They originally did not believe that the gospel should go to non-Jews. And here, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the gospel is going to everyone. What else happened? People gave generously and sacrificed everything they had, including their own lives. Can you imagine being sold out for something so much that you would be willing to lay down your life? 
The only way you'll do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's my next question for you. Why would you resist this type of power? If you had the power that could raise Jesus from the dead living within you, if you had the power that could make the lame to walk and the blind to see, if you could have the power that could raise from the dead, why would you resist that power? Here's what I think the answer is. Because I think we are too proud to admit that we are weak. We are too proud that we are weak. How many people like to get up and talk about what they're not good at? Hey, you know what? I didn't make the basketball team in high school. Great. Hey, I'm really bad at all of these things. Let me boast about that. We don't like to talk about weak. In fact, we like to put on fronts. We like to put pictures online of the things we're great at to make us look better because we don't like to admit that we don't have all the answers. We don't like to admit that we are not strong in everything. That leads us to do some pretty damaging things. If you have a Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be there for the rest of our evening. But I want to talk to you guys about the difference between living in your own power and living in his power. Living in your own power and living in his power. And so in Galatians chapter 5, he started in verse 16, and he says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, de- the desires of the flesh. Okay, And so he, he's drawing this different picture of two different things. He's got the desires of the spirit, and he has the desires of the flesh. And he's telling you, I want you to walk in the desires of the spirit. Okay, So what does that mean? Let's, let's figure it out. He says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Okay? So let's just be painfully clear on this. If you are over here and you are living by the Spirit, you cannot be over there living by the flesh. Can't do it. Okay? Just be clear. If you are over here, and you are living by the flesh. You can't be over there living by the Spirit. They are in opposition to each other. They are at war. Okay? This is worse than KU and K-State. This is like KU, Missouri. Okay? They hate each other. Okay? So he says this. Okay? And so here is what it means to live in your own power. Okay, it means that you live for your flesh. Okay, so what does that mean? For if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Okay, here is what it means to live by the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all these things, and all, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Okay, I want you to hear just a few things that are very important about that. Number one, here's the danger of lists. When your brain sees one of those things that you don't believe you do, you believe you don't do any of them on the list. Okay, I know that seems weird, but it's what we do. And so when you read the word sorcery, you're like, I'm good. I don't do sorcery. Okay, I haven't had many counseling things of sorcery lately. Okay, here's the problem with this list though. Every one of you and me are in this list. Every one of us struggles with idolatry. Idolatry is simply putting anything in front of God. We struggle with anger and divisiveness. We struggle with purity and sensuality and sexual immorality. Okay? Now, at the bottom of that list, he said this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to, if you hear nothing else, I really want you to hear this. Okay? If you have done something on that list, that doesn't mean you live over here. That doesn't mean you're here forever. I am on this side, okay? I am living by the Spirit, and I am still guilty of things that happen over here. I dip my toe in them, and sometimes I dip my whole leg in them. But I'm prone to walking back over to that side. If you read this list and you felt guilt and shame, you're like, I've done that one thing, I will never be able to move to the other side. I want you to get that far out of your brain. But I want you to understand what it means to live over here. That when you live over here, and this is the fruit that is being built in your life, you need to ask yourself a certain set of questions. If what is growing in your life is idolatry and sensuality and impurity and enmity and strife and jealousy, if those things are becoming more and more and more, you need to ask yourself some questions. Because on the other side of the spectrum over here, he has what it means to live in his power, which means that you live by the Spirit. Okay? And we've heard this list before. You probably can't memorize that list. I know I can't. But I can memorize this list. Living over here means that you, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what it means to live life in his power. What it means is that the spirit is inside of you and is growing those things in you because these things are not natural. Okay? You guys have all been kids, right? All of you were kids. We have no fully, fully formed teenagers who just appeared, right? So let me tell you the cool thing about kids. They're born and they're awful as soon as they come out. Oh, you think I'm wrong? Okay, so I have three. Okay, I have three. I have never had to tell one of them, this is how you get angry. I have never told one of them, this is how you're mean to your brother and sister. 
This is how you drive your mom and dad crazy. Never had that discussion ever. You know what discussions I have to have? Hey, this is what it means to be kind. This is what it means to be patient. This is what it means to have self-control. Because this list over here, this is what's natural. This is what we want. When life gets hard and we are living in our own power, we want to go over here so bad because it makes us feel good. Our friends don't treat us well, but instead of having patience, I want to have anger. I'm having to deny myself and have some self-control because I'm feeling some urges that I know they're natural, I'm coming of age, but I'm having to deny myself because what I really want is sexual impurity. Over here is our power, but it is really our weakness. And over here in the spirit, it's something that we can't provide, but it's his strength. And so he finishes out that list, and he says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When you come to understand who Jesus is, the same Jesus who gave us the Spirit so that he would grow that stuff in us, he does give you his Spirit. And when he gives you his spirit, he gives you the opportunity to have these things start to take root in your life. And it starts to grow. And so what in your life is growing? If you look at those two lists, do you have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness? Are those things growing in your life or do you find that other things in this life are growing? that you're running after these things harder than you're running after those. You see, the things over here are not optional. If you have the spirit of the living God in you, he will produce fruit. And if he is not producing fruit, you need to ask yourself some questions. And so I have a couple of last points that I want to um, share with you. Um, I'm going to make sure this video works, okay? This is an 11-second video, and I'm going to have to explain it afterwards, but I want you to see it, okay? When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. There's no place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Okay, you just heard it twice. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Okay. Um, If you're an adult, in this room, please don't answer this question. Okay, this is just a test. Did any kids in here know who that was? Anybody? I am so old. Okay. His name is Marv Levy. Okay, he's an old football coach. He coached a team from, the, um, from Buffalo called the Buffalo Bills. Okay, none of you care about the Buffalo Bills, right? But before you were born... He took the Buffalo Bills to four straight Super Bowls, okay? Now, here's the thing. They're the only team ever to go to four straight Super Bowls, 
Only one. Here's the fun fact. They lost all of them. Think about getting to the top of what you want to accomplish only to fail. You think about how hard that is to get that thing that you think you want and you're almost there and it's one more step and then, and then the field goal goes wide right and your whole season's over. You know how mentally tough you have to be to come back the next year and work even harder to get back to that same point? And I watched the documentary, and he used that quote all the time. He would get in there with his guys. Buffalo is in the snow. It's cold. No one wants to live in Buffalo. And he said, when it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Well, here's the thing. When it's too tough for you, it's just right for him. When you're sitting over here going, I just want that. I just want to be angry at them because they made me mad and I just want to get revenge. When all I want to do is be alone with my girlfriend. When all I want to do is look at that computer screen. When all I want to do is gossip and it's so hard and everything in my body is telling me and it's too tough for me to say no. You don't have to say no in your own power. When it's too tough for you, it's just right for him. You see, in 1 Corinthians 10.13, he says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And he is faithful. When you are tempted, he will provide you a way out so that you can stand under it. Did he just say that when you are tempted, you got to think your own way out of the puzzle? No. Do you know why? Because you're weak. It's time to be not too proud to admit that. I'm too weak. I want to walk back over to these things, but I want Jesus more. And so by the power of his spirit, God, will you free me from this temptation? Will you give me a way out? Because when it's too tough for you, it's just right for him. The last thing is this. His power is made perfect in your weakness. Now, before you think, hey, Brian, that's really catchy. Where did you come up with that? I didn't. These are Paul's words. You see, Paul had an ailment. Paul had something that was going on with him, and we don't really know what it was. People have guesses, but he cried to the Lord three times, God, remove this from me. This is too much for me. I can't do this anymore. And you would think God would go, Paul, you're such a great servant. You've written so many books. You've gone to so many countries. You know, I'm going to come down. I'm just going to take that thing away. He said, no, that's not how I work. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Everything that I give you, you have enough because my power is made perfect in your weakness. For when you are weak, I, the Lord, get to be strong. You see, the way you experience the power of the Holy Spirit is you realize it's not your power. It's nothing that you do. You invite him in and you let him have your weakness. Because it is in your weakness you will find strength. Now, I got to tell you, this is really hard for me. 
I've learned a lot about myself in the last week or so. And I'm really not good at this. I am not good at admitting that I'm weak. In fact, I take great pride in being strong. In fact, I take great pride in not needing anything from you. See, I have a job where I keep pouring out. I keep pouring out. I keep giving and I keep giving and I keep giving. And I give and I give. And then when I need, I say, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. This played out the other, the other night. I, I have a really, I have a dear, dear friend. And um, my, my daughter had an accident last week. And um, uh, she hurt her head. And the next day we were dealing with that. And my friend called me. He called me at 5.02. Okay. And I said, hey, how's it going? And he said, hey, I, I just want to check on Peyton. Is she doing okay? And I said, yeah, 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 she's doing great. Thanks for calling. This is what happened. This is what we did. This is what we're doing today. And he goes, hey, you know what? We would love to bring you dinner tonight. Can we do that? And I said, no, we're good. Because that's what I do. I don't need anything. I'm strong. Other people are weak. I'm, I don't need anything. And then my friend loves me, and he did something that was really, really, really kind. And he said, Brian, if I find out that your family needed food, and you didn't tell me, you and I are going to have words. (laughs) And I am scared of my friend. So I picked up the phone, and I called my wife. And I called, and I said, Betsy, hey, our friends, they want to bring us food. Uh, what do you think about that? Hope it she go, no, 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 I'm good. I've already taken care of it. And I call back and say, hey, we're good. You know what my wife said? Oh my gosh, that would be great. It's five o'clock. I haven't even thought about dinner yet. Like if they would have to do that, that would be such a blessing. Will you call him back and let him know? So I called him back, and I don't know why I'm pretending that I'm dialing a lot of numbers, because on my phone now, I just have to push one. Um, and so I hit it, and I called him back, and I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. This is what I said. Hey, um, yeah, uh, I talked to Betsy, and you know that, that thing you wanted to do, if, if, if you guys really want to do that, that's, that's fine. Uh, you don't need, you don't have to at all. That's not, you know, that's not something. But if, if you really want to, that, uh, Betsy, would, that, would, that would be a blessing for her. My friend loves me, okay? He said, um, what kind of answer was that? <laughs> and in a rare moment of humility, this is what I said back to him. I said, that is the answer of a proud man who doesn't know how to ask for help. Here's the thing. I'm weak. I want my flesh all the time. I want to do things in my power because I mistakenly think my power is going to feel good. But I have learned that what I really want is him. And I want his spirit. And I want the power that comes from his spirit. Because when it's too tough for me, it's just right for him. Because his power is made perfect in my weakness. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to look at your word. And Father, I pray that we would just have a realization that it's okay to be weak. You haven't created us to be strong. You haven't created us to accomplish things on our own. You haven't created us to do life by ourselves. That's why you give us other people. That's why you give us good friends. That's why you give us a small group. That's why you give us moms and dads to speak into us and to love us and to show us the way. Father, will we just take off the mask? Will we finally just admit that it's okay that we don't have all the answers? It's okay that we stink at something. It's okay that we're weak because in our weakness, you get to be strong. Father, may we give up the weak power that we have so that we can have the full power of your Holy Spirit at our disposal. Jesus, then we pray. Amen.